Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Battle for a New Champion, Episode 1 Premiere Breakdown. My name is Alan Aguirre. I'm joined by my lovely Southern co-host, Luke Muncy. What's up, guys? The challenge is back. Our co-host Zoe will be back with us next week, but we got to talk about this episode right now. Luke, how you feeling? Different. Not good, not bad, just different. I said if you watched our cast breakdown, like of people they should have brought back for the show, like some losses there. After having watched this first episode, I really do think they got a good cast that could have some longevity in them. So I'm cautiously optimistic, which if you go back and watch any episode one breakdown, I say that every single time. So we'll see what happens. The challenge has really gotten good at like the first few episodes and then that's where like it falls off. So every season we come in optimistically and they give us content that like we bite into. The first bite is always good. It's kind of like a s'more, like a s'more. The first bite is always good. And then after a while, you're like, what am I eating? Like, what is what's going on here? Like, why did I get a, why did I get a second one? Nobody right. ever needs a second s'more. Right. Which will probably happen around episode 16 of 20,000 this season. But yeah, right now the s'more is good. Yeah. I will say, though, this is like I want to we're just going to jump out right in front of it. Last week, they had an episode zero cast special where they introduced all the players like, oh, I'm from this show. I'm from here. Um, all the players like they sat and camped out outside together. Um, they did a little mini challenge. They drank champagne. They played spin the bottle, had a lot of making out. It was actually like a fun little episode. But here's the problem. MTV did not advertise this as like an episode. They did it real last minute. And that episode was kind of required viewing for this episode because they just throw you straight into this season without a ton of introduction to cast members. And even though these people have been on shows before, they're not brand names. Right. Well, and Alan had said before we started recording, we could have had a two-hour premiere, maybe ditch some stuff from last week's, ditch some stuff from this week's, and it really just would have been a really solid premiere worth being two hours. But yeah, if you're somebody jumping in for the first time or like for the first time in a while, you're probably thinking, what the heck's going on here? Because it, it, we just jump right in. Big time. And it's why like you want to introduce new people and like bring up like build up characters. But if we don't have that like proper introduction to get them on the right foot, then it's hard to get things going a bit. And that's why the bigger personalities or like the people we do know Big T, Melissa, etc. They shine brightest because we already know them and everyone else just seems like background characters. But there were people who shined in that little beginning episode too who I think deserve a little bit more spotlight because we're trying to build up the whole cast, not just a few people. And I love Big T, love Melissa, like ride or die for them. But I want, you know, everyone to be, I want everyone on the show to thrive. Well, and here's the thing. If we are really going to market this, I say we, but if MTV, Beauty Muri is really going to market this as you know, this new generation of competitors, we need to put the work in because otherwise it'll be the same issue they faced of having, I hate to say faces, but like these prominent characters that they're relying on the the audience to be like, hey, we're going to gravitate towards them because what happens when they leave? What happens if they decline next season? And I found it really interesting how the episode started out with like montages of past champions. It was really like hype for me. And then it quickly was like, okay, and here's these people that have never won. Like, they're really relying on that factor of, hey, you remember what the show used to be like? You remember who you, who's won before? And I get it, but, like, where's the dodo for the others? And it's so tough because, like, these are people who have been on the show before. 
but because there's so much challenge going on right now from we just had like you know ride or dies and spies lies and allies um the usa show the, the global spinoffs it feels like marvel in like a mm-hmm. bad way where like if you try to watch like a marvel movie you're like who's that character oh well they were in this spinoff show and this movie they had a little bit part here that's how they, like when you see someone like a kieran like a jessica who like they're interesting characters but you don't know all the lore it's hard to jump right in and it's like especially when someone like kieran says like oh i went to a final before you're like you went to a final i've never seen that right i mean of course we have but we're obsessed with the show but i was telling alan again before this i have a friend who's excited but he was listing off the people he doesn't know and it's the people that were on the spinoffs which are great to watch but would be a lot for the casual viewer to say hey let me go download paramount plus and subscribe and catch up so i I understand their desire to like pull from these shows that they produce and put out. They probably really should have just kept it to MTV people. I don't know. Yeah, and it's it's, it's tough too because some of like the best personalities are the people we don't know, but they haven't yeah. been properly introduced, and it's it's a whole mess. And I will one other thing we need to really talk about from that casting special before we jump into this episode is we saw like the alliances forming of the ride or die ladies, which was. Uh, Norris, Raven, Olivia, Mariah, Michelle, like they're like, okay, we're going to ride in this together. We're going to get our number from the guy side and we can run this game. We can take this as like our show right now. And that's crucial for the rest of the season going forward. Yeah. And we also got to see little tidbits of like Olivia wanting to maybe bring in Zara and Norris saying, no, that's not a, that's not a good thing. And some possible flirtations and just Stuff that is fun that we often see the challenge edit out of their actual episodes. It would have been great to have had it all mashed together. Fully agree. And that's a great point. I, I The fun was such a big part of that launch, like the episode zero special that we were missing in this premiere, which like, I just didn't feel like the premiere had enough fun and like joy in the party, like in the challenge house. Obviously they had the, the second toast uh, from Jay, <laughs> the controversial second toast from right. Jay. Uh, but other than that, like they weren't, we weren't seeing any hookups, anything crazy in the house. And I kind of wanted that. That's what I love in the challenge. I mean, we live for the drama and the fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's a glimmer, but we'll get to that. I'm excited to talk about some of this stuff, okay. which is a good sign because sometimes I record these and I'm like, oh, it's the same old stuff. So again, I don't think this new cast is a bad thing. I think it's a necessary step if the show's going to last beyond like season 40. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. All right, jumping straight into the episode, as you mentioned, uh, we get to the pit or like the area they're going to have the, the the first challenge ever. TJ welcomes the cast. He says, oh, everyone here has never won before, but we're going to have one winner, which is like, yeah, boo. We're trying to build a whole new crop of champions. So instead of having like two to four to six winners, no, but just going to be one winner. Just so dumb. And they had to have known this. Well, we're going to talk about in a second why they did this, but it's so dumb. There are some people on this cast who are great filler characters, but like if they're the sole winner, it does not make this a top tier season. It's already probably not going to be in a lot of people's books just because it's not rooted in nostalgia. But like Colleen has so many fans. I love her, but she doesn't have this like long spanning history with viewers and she's not relatable. We can't go back and watch her shows unless we pirate them online. Like if she were to win, that's a pretty bad thing. Whereas if maybe Jay and Colleen were to win the final together, like at least we have somebody to latch onto. I just fear they're setting themselves up. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I, I 
I I love Colleen probably irrationally and if she won though like she could just walk away from like I could see her just like walking away from the challenge and living her life being like cool that was something I did in my life that was fun bye everyone uh whereas I mean I was really mad when this person won not mad but I was like disappointed when this person won the moment Amber B on Double Agents and I actually still feel like Amber B has gone on to like be a character on multiple seasons people love Amber B but I look back at that as being like yeah, if Cam won, that would have been really, that would have been a lot better for the franchise as a whole and what it would have meant for, like, this show. And it's not just, like, moments like that. I mean, I think, like, Nelson winning Invasion would have been a big moment. If other people won other seasons, it would have just changed the franchise as a whole and made it for the better. Because, I mean, Ashley winning Invasion, that created one of the biggest characters this show's ever had. Uh, I don't want to see Colleen win. I don't want to see Ed win. I don't want to see people like that win who I just don't think can bring much to the show right and and like you said they would likely leave we don't blame them like heck yeah do your thing but maybe somebody like michelle who just likes on reality tv if she won she'd come back the next season and she would like she would just continue to be a character i'm with you this is just a dangerous game they're floating about and it like the way the game just formats too where it's men versus women and i don't want to see all the women just get targeted and that's something we're going to talk about later but like it's just the way the final will play out, too, where they're going to have, like, equalizers and just more stuff for people to get mad at. I just want to see the men compete against the men and the women compete against the women. Just, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to go ahead and bring this up just because I think it fits in, and I don't want to jump back later. In the beginning, TJ talks about the final prize money. Can I talk about that? And just Because I think it explains why we have one winner. Yes. TJ tells them the prize this season starting out is $300,000, and their faces are i would say pissed off and the editor's choosing to keep that in i'm like whoa with the chance of getting it up to five hundred thousand if you win money which is a cool little thing if the grand could be a million but i think that's also why we're just gonna have one winner he did tell us that second and third will get money which is cool but like nobody wants to say hey i, I won the challenge and i won one hundred fifty thousand dollars in the year 2023 in the past it used to be like the biggest deal ever but you can't go from seasons where people won a million dollars in one swipe or one swoop, and now it's like, hey, I won and got 150k. Let's let I, the the challenge keeps going. They keep doing all these seasons, and they're lessening the prize pool across everything. Because Jordan and Cass won, I think, 250 each for their like world championship, which you would assume would be like the biggest prize pool of everything because it's across four shows coming together. Um, the rumored prize pool for All Stars four, I believe. Is is two hundred fifty thousand dollars? It's well, it's three hundred k, but the the rumor is the winner gets two fifty, and then the fifty. It's just a mess, yeah. <laughs> well, and we're talking speculatively here. There are no rumors of like any spinoffs filming anytime soon, so maybe they're gonna save up for season forty, which should be a big season. Uh, but yeah, it's like. Some of these people can make more money by just posting ads on their Instagram story once a day for a year. I don't know. But some people like the experience. I I actually did crack up that they gave the confessional of the one guy, Emmanuel, who's like, yeah, $300,000. That's a lot of money. That can buy me a lot of, uh, like, tattered up clothes. Yeah. And it's true. Well, that's why I do think it's cool that a lot of these international people are on because U.S. dollar to their you know, money system, that's a lot of money. And the taxes are definitely different too. So it might incentivize them to be like, hey, I'm going to actually demolish this thing. Yeah, big time. 
Except for Zara, who's just here to be like, I mean, she's got money and she's just here. I don't know. Hey, why she's, I'm, I'm but she's, she's pretty adamant that she's like, when they announced it was one person, she's like, I feel bad for all these people because I'm going to win this. I love that. I fucking love, like, if, I'll be honest. If a guy said that, I would kind of be like, eh. Well, like one girl would be like, I'm going to take out all these guys. I'm going to take out all these women. I'm like, yeah, that's badass. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm going to shut up after this because it's too much of a tangent. If Zara had run the UK final totally solo, she'd have won by like 45 minutes. Partners definitely play a role, which is the name of the game. But Zara's good. Oh, definitely. During these cast introductions, of course, there are like a couple people who are like pretty heavily featured. Um, like front and center, we get Horacio and Olivia, who are... I mean, they're golden childs right now, but I will say they they were very lackluster this episode to me. I don't like they just they seem too white toast. Yeah, I I yeah, I'm sure we'll get more out of them because they are being produ- like put out as like you know promo just came out recently with Horacio and Olivia with Kara and Darrell. like they're being pushed for sure, but not much happened. And it's also probably a smart game not to show all your cards up to one. But, you know, for them to be so heavily featured on all the promos, I expected more. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jay and Michelle, who are two of our most veteran, like, of this cast, veteran people, I thought they brought a lot of character and a lot of energy to the show. Um, they just, they have the ability to talk, and it's it's working for them. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, too, it's the name of the shows they came from. Like, Survivor is so popular. They They have, like had a big fan base for a while now, just the two of them. Olivia may have from Love Island. Harasu never has, and he's timid anyways. So maybe they've got a warm-up. I don't know. Season two. They were great last season. Don't get me wrong. Don't comment like, hey, whatever. But episode one of this season, didn't see much. Anyone else want to talk about before we talk about this uh, daily challenge type thing? No. All right. So this daily challenge is a is a mess. Uh they are competing as one team. Uh, they have to achieve the challenge in 10 minutes. They have to run down uh, a little dirt hill, like mound, into it. There's a bunch of heavy poles. they got to get the poles over. I don't even know how to describe it. Just... Yeah, like an embankment that's sloped and covered in water and oil, and they've got to lift each other out. But also, once they get the poles out, configure uh, a puzzle, which... <laughs> Shocked me that it spelled out the challenge. They never do that. Uh, and they had 10 minutes. And if they if they won this daily, they got 50K in their prize spot, which is a pretty big deal. I just found that the 10-minute limit was so strange. I, I get it for the, what the challenge was, but, like, so they went out there. They filmed TJ giving the rules. 10 minutes later, they packed it up and went home. That just seems like such a short amount of time. We see these challengers after, you know, daily season after season, like we were out there for eight hours. This couldn't have taken more than 45 minutes. I don't know. Just a weird first daily for me. I just, I was mostly tuned out. I'm going to be honest, because they're all working as a team, which is like, it's an interesting concept. It's actually a very throwback idea. Like the original, like, because the challenge was a spinoff of Road Rules originally. And in Road Rules, they would all be like, the whole team has to accomplish this challenge-type mission. And so if you are a true OG fan of the show, like, from 20 years ago, that's super exciting. That's super fun. It's like, oh, hey, it's like Road Rules again. But it's not like Road Rules again, because it's it's 2023. The world's evolved. Like, 
we have and the it, iPhone now. Like we're just we're in a different world. It's just, I'm and it's also fine. yeah, it's also 24 people working together as opposed to like seven or eight. So it's chaotic, which Michelle told us a million times. And I do feel like a bit of a hypocrite because last season and the seasons prior, we've said, you know, we hate to see them go individually every single time because it's so monotonous. Whereas I think this was the absolute opposite side or it was just too chaotic to really pick up anything that was happening. Yeah, like nobody really stood out for being good or bad for the most part. And it really, for the people who were going to be like hidden because they're not big personalities, they got to hide even more in a situation like this. And let's compare this to Invasion because Invasion had a very similar, you know, first challenge. They're all doing stuff individually. They're going up and down walls like it's and they're all competing as individuals, but they pair up into teams and it's chaos. You see alliances forming. You see drama forming. You got a fight between Nelson and like Tony literally that first episode. That was like that introduced you to so many people. And you got to see, you know, people perform well and they stand out. People perform bad. They stand out. This nobody stands out at all. Uh the closest is we had two people, uh, Kieran, who stepped up as like the leader, and then Berna, who's just a mess. And I was going to say, and this might be biased, feel free to shoot me down. Definitely those two, like stand out. I also felt like when it came time for the puzzle, Michelle and Kylan stood out. And maybe not because they were doing great, but because they were like really trying to make it work. But yeah, let's start with Kieran, because pretty bold of him right off the bat on a show where he knows no one but Jessica to say, I'll take the lead. If things fail, you're the obvious choice to go in. It was a bold move, but it is a very, you know, Kieran is going all in. And that's what I really enjoy about him. Like on the challenge Australia is that like, he just throws himself into these challenges. He gives 110%. I mean, during that first night in the launch special, he's, he's, he's double cheeked up with Huey, you know, He's making out with him. He's willing to hook up with whoever. He's just going like 110%. He understands the reality TV assignment, and I, I and I love it because like he wants to stand out, be a big figure that maybe people will want to align with. Because if he yeah. just like kind of stays in the shadow, maybe he'll be like an episode five, episode four boot, from just being the outsider. Yeah, and we talked earlier about like lore that we're missing. He used to date Jessica, who's on the season. And they had a tumultuous love triangle, whatever, with Kiki, who won Australia and was on World Championship. But you might not have watched those. But he's definitely brought it. But we don't get that as viewers. So I agree with you. Like, if if he wants to keep doing this, great opportunity. Stand out first episode. Yeah, I think I like him a lot. Like, he's the person, like, of this entire cast, the males, I think he's got the most charisma, the most standout, like, like star personality. Yeah. And it's he's 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 really good for this show. And it makes me mad that like he's the person we kind of know least about because he's from a different continent of a spin-off show that got canceled. Yeah. You know who else? And on the same vein of thought, you know who else is really good for this show? Berna. You talked about her standing out. My God. <laughs> Off the bat, when I saw that she was cast on the show, I did not know how to feel about that because we kind of got to see some oddities of her on her original season she also performed really well I didn't know how she would do whether it's intentional or not the girl has a short fuse she was getting so frustrated during this daily and she should have known better because people were getting annoyed she had great ideas but they weren't listening it's we're going to talk about her a lot this episode but it's Berna. Berna's her own worst enemy, but I don't even, 
that's not even that's not even the best way to describe it. She's just a mess of a human being, and it's interesting to see her on this season because uh, she went on Spies, Lies, and Allies with Ashley and Amanda already hating her, calling her Bertha online, and like, look, we, you and I, we love the Lavender Ladies, we love Ashley, right. we love Amanda, but we know that them calling her Bertha that affects the rest of the way the internet views her. And so yep. people, like, came into this season just, like, automatically, like, just dismissing her as a character or not even giving her a chance. Berta's just messy. And she's the reality TV I, I like because it's just I can't stop watching it. Yeah, you'll see on the thumbnail for this podcast, it's she's front and center. Like like Alan said, we're going to talk about her not just in the daily. She's the most prominent character this entire episode, I would argue. Ooh. The Daily itself, uh, not very interesting other than seeing them not be able to spell the word challenge. And then the male portion where they had to get Jay and Kieran up as the last two guys. That was actually very interesting. I I was really hoping they would drop one person just because that would just be hilarious. Uh, And then seeing Jay like get climbed up, that actually looked very painful. Yeah, it did. (laughs) Well, and also to Kieran's point, he got all the people up there. He said that's what he would do. He succeeded. He succeeded in my mind. Um, he took some heat later, but he succeeded. Some of the other guys on this cast, I just I just can't deal with their energy. I just can't. Namely? I can't deal with James Locke. I, I just, was going to say the same thing. Like, they failed the Daily Challenge. They don't get the money. They're losers. They're broke. Like, just shameful. They should be ashamed. I'm kidding. Um, they lose. Uh, we move into the house stuff, and... You know, they have to deliberate who's going to go in, a man or, like, a woman into elimination. People are going to different corners. Uh, we'll talk more about the women in more detail, but I want to talk about the men. And James was one of the biggest voices of, oh, well, we we men, we got the job done. We got to throw in a woman. Like, and I'm just looking at this guy like, you competed on one episode of the challenge. You, like, came in last in the daily, broke your face, lost the elimination. You came in here, you lose again. I don't want to hear anything from you about women being weak when you've done out of everyone on this cast literally nothing you've nobody nobody's done less than you i genuinely do not know why he was cast like it's not enough to put up the the screenshot of his face being broken and being like okay this is why he's back he didn't do anything i'm not gonna lie i do laugh every time they throw it up (laughs) but no i don't it, it does not it does make me it does make me i can look at that picture all day it because it, it is it is insane. At the same time, it's just like this dude. Like, just do something before do something of worth before you talk down on like oh the women didn't get the job done. You did nothing, man. You did nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna backtrack just a little bit because I just thought of it. Berna moving in the house. We have this whole situation with them getting into the rooms, and it like it kind of makes sense how some of the people are put together. But Berna is so upset that she's not in a room with Michelle, which I understand. They did their first season together. We didn't see them interact. <laughs> and Michelle actually did feel bad. She's like, I, I view her like someone I've got to take care of. And we have that really funny scene where it's Michelle, Berna, and Huey like trying to talk sense. Three of the most chaotic people in the world, by the way. Like There was no reason, even in the vicinity of that area. But I just... She's good TV, and I I think my my eyes were clouded because of Ashley and Amanda, who I love. And if they came back, I would still be teamed in. But like Berna's funny. That move-in scene where she goes into the room and it's Mariah of all people being like, "Oh, these beds are taken," type thing, 
and Mariah has like I think that like Mariah did plan to be in that room with all those people, but the look on Mariah's face, because like those three beds were empty in that moment, and telling her that none of them were like available, and Mariah is like the nicest person on earth, and she's like, yeah, I can't deal with Berna. Like if the nicest person you know is like, I, I can't deal with this person. I just, I like Mariah as a person. This episode really made me go, I don't know why she's on this show, because she's like, oh, you remember me from Ride or Dies, and I'm like, in all honesty, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many thoughts on that, but I'm not going to. Well, I'll just say it seems strange that she's on there considering there are so many ride or die girls. It creates a strong alliance that really can't be beat down. I really feel like we were working off nostalgia of, you know, bananas picking up the phone on the, the episode zero. She's with bananas. We got the like teaser of like, she's going to be cheating on bananas. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and speculate this. This is not a spoiler because you can see the cast online. They've not shown Brad coming in as a mercenary, but he is on the cast website. So like, I'm not spoiling anything. I think Mariah was there because they knew that Johnny had initially agreed to come on. And maybe when things went left, he got word and said, I'm not doing this. And we thus get Brad, who's not even featured in promo. I gotta say, like after all these years, Johnny Bananas being the one screwed over in a final, by a production thing, getting cheated on on national TV. What what a world we're living in, because this is, it, it, he's, he, it's kind of his karma coming back to him. Well, it's just funny because we're going to see these episodes, and this is not a spoiler. We saw the promo of Tori coming in being like, Mariah, this is so bad. We're going to see on Wednesday nights Mariah cheating on Bananas, but then on Thursday nights, if you watch House of Villains, you're going to see Bananas hooking up with Corinne Olympios. So it's like, Mm, their relationship wasn't really that serious, but for the show's sake, I get it. But if you're Mariah the, and knowing the only reason you're on here is because you were dating someone off the show, probably not a good look, but maybe she'll prove us wrong. It's, it's the best reality TV she could potentially do. And I, we're also all saying this right now. The trailers are out there. It's all very abundant. If you're on social media, it's out there. All right, moving in, uh, or moving in, which is the burn I could not do in that room. You know, she has that scene with uh, Michelle and Huey, and, like, she literally goes to bed after, like, the toast, like, at, like, 7 p.m. She's just, like, throwing a little fit, and it's one of those tough predicaments, because, like, Michelle, I'm not even going to say, she, she likes Verna, and, like, she cares about her, she's, like, you know, but the friendship is definitely much more one-sided, but Michelle still feels responsible for her. And that's why it's so tough. And the same with, with Huey, too. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of Michelle last season being upset when Nani didn't have her back. It's definitely like one person felt stronger than the other. And now Michelle's getting a bit of a taste of her own medicine. They did such a good job talking to Berna, and she just was shutting them down. <laughs> it's just... It was... Well, I might be jumping ahead, but it, Colleen specifically is who I'm thinking of. She sat down with her and was like, hey, like, you know, who she is a psychologist. Like, she does this type of stuff. And Bernard was like, no, 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 no. I don't want advice. I just want to express my feelings. And Colleen's like, yeah, okay, cool. After Colleen had just listened to her talk for, like, 40 minutes, it was – I thought Colleen was being – I thought she was, like, a phenomenal psychologist slash therapist in that moment. I thought she was breaking through. And then Bernard's just like, no, 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 I'm just Berna. You just have to let me be. Uh, right. I'm actually the psychologist here in this scenario, Colleen. Uh, 
So let's talk about when people went to bed, what happened? Because I found this to be one of the most entertaining moments of the episode. We kind of got a little bit of hinting at it in the special last week of like Cal and Michelle. He loves her eyes, yada, yada. They stay up and she must have heard something because she's pretty strongly questioning him. Do you have a girlfriend? What's the situation? And he doesn't give a straight answer, but she's quick to call out, which I love. And she's like, I don't have self-control. So you just need to be honest with me now. And he's like, nope, I don't have a girlfriend. Immediately after, props to the editors, cut to Callum calling his girlfriend, being like, I love you. I want to come home to see you. I don't like it here. I just, I really want to be there with you. Cut to his confession of being like, I didn't plan to cheat, but Michelle's uh, one of one. She just is everything to me. So I'm excited to see this play out because, whoa, Callum, you might not have made an impact episode one by being a good competitor like Kieran. But a cheating scandal night one does the job for me. These two are meant for each other. Like, not in like a, not in a meant for each other in like life type way. In a reality TV showman's way, these two are like perfect. They're just two speeding cars, ignoring every red flag, just coming right at each other of like Michelle's dating history, his dating history. And it's just, it's a perfect symphony of like they're just so into each other that there's just everything else around it obviously bad but they're gonna just they're gonna go for it and i love it yeah i do too it's horrible gameplay because i think it might have even been Berna's confessional saying because they were questioning michelle the next morning you're up so late or is melissa i think you don't want to couple up with somebody night one in an individual game like this because that shows the whole house you have an ally which is bold of Melissa to say after she spent the entire time with Big T on her hip. But I do get the merit. <laughs> it's just like, I, I like Helen too. He's not the strongest guy. He's not going to have the most allies. It really is a bad move. Uh, also, he has a girlfriend. Uh, Callum, he shouldn't be committing himself to one girl either. If he is going to play this game, he should be moving around the house socializing. It's not good for their game. It's great for reality TV, though. I love... I just love it. And he has that charisma. He has charisma that the other guys in the house don't have. And one of my favorite lines when he was like, when I found out she lived in the Jersey Shore, I was sold because that was my favorite show growing <laughs> up. I'm like, she lives, yes, like Jersey Shore-esque. She is not Snooky J-Wow, Sammy, Dina, Angelina, Polly. You know, she's she's not that type of Jersey Shore, but cool. Imagine like Michelle was that type of Jersey Shore, but she's just been hiding it for years. <laughs> well maybe she actually is but just because she doesn't have a tan i don't think of her that way i don't they're know gonna, but i thought that was yeah, hilarious they're gonna do a bloodline season and she's gonna be like cara or <laughs> she like the accent comes out finally right she's like and my cousin snooki what hey snooki used to host the challenge after shows and stuff yeah oh, legend legend all right that was honestly that took up such a big part of the the hookup slash like fun part of the episode. I like the Michelle found stuff. I just wish we saw more fun throughout the house. Right. That was that's what was missing. The most interesting part of the episode, because I will say that first half of the episode with daily challenge and the intros, I thought it was a snooze fest. Yeah. It got interesting once we saw the politics of the game where people were gearing up back and forth. Uh the first person we see really like talking about a master plan or not having a master plan is Big T. And this was let me hear your thoughts on it. Uh, I thought it was expected. I, I love Big T. So nobody translates this differently. 
she's coming into the season with a chip on her shoulder, not because she thinks she's better than anybody. She's done the most. She knows she's going to be production's favorite. She's going to get the confessional. She's going to whatever. So she really can be pretty forthright with the master plan and know that production's going to eat it up. I don't think she was at risk for going in at all, though. I think it might have been better at, to not rally the girls, but she could have been more persuasive going to the guys and being like, hey, there's only one winner. Let's get out a strong guy. Like, what are you doing? And that was never mentioned, ever. Uh, I don't know. Big T's a fun character for me. And I almost feel like maybe production said, like, go to Melissa. Tell her you have a master plan. I don't know. It's a tough scenario because Big T is one of the most charismatic people on the show. Her confessionals are great, but then she's talking and it's almost like an unreliable narrator mm-hmm. uh, where she's listing off her allies. Like, oh, I have an alliance with this person. I have an alliance with this person. I have an alliance. I think I have an alliance with these people and it's showing all the images. And some of these might not be actually alliances. As we as we saw in the episode, people who she said she was aligned with like, were like, yeah, I'll vote Big T. Like, no problem. Uh it's a mess, and it's like I, – I don't know how to dissect it because I care about her, but – Well, this is a comment she made in the special. So, again, we're lacking content that would have been important. But she said in the episode zero, I was told from a source not to trust Michelle, which, you know, John A. also said on USA 2. I found it really interesting because they play similar games. You know, on Spotsaws and Allies, Big T from the jump wanted to break that really big vet alliance – just because she made some new friends. And it could have been smart for her game, but she's not always true to her word. And likening yourself to playing a West game doesn't equate to a loyal game. Plays to playing people like pawns. It was just a mess because she's she's laying out all these allies and by saying it and by doing all the talking, she's just painting a bigger like target on herself. So we want to, you know, we want to believe that Big T is someone who can make these power moves, but in reality, she just might be playing a bad game, just playing a like a, a bad game. But like the word she's saying of like, oh hey, let's go after a strong guy. That's something people want to believe in. It's something that like makes sense, but it's also not even considering there's another side of the house. Yeah. Especially with the ride or die girls, which we move on to. We saw them talk, and they're like, all right. Do we do Berna or Big T? Because they're like, Big T's plotting something. Berna is just a mess, and I don't want to deal with her. Yeah. I, I also liked the mindset that some of the guys had. I'm jumping forward. I won't say too much. But in terms of Berna, she's good. Like, if we're going to be working together, she might be crazy. But if crazy wins me an extra 50K for a prize pot, I'm going to keep crazy. Yeah. Uh, they also threw out Big T as well. They also kind of, you know, it was a difference of, like, they actually called Big T weak, which I think, like, I want to say this, like, coming into this season, Big T is very clearly in, like, the best shape she's ever been in, like, by a pretty big margin. Yeah. Because, um, like, you think about her on that, like, first season of World of Worlds 2, and, like, she was so tiny. Like, Big T's put on some muscle, some shape. She's, like, she looks good. Like, she's not someone you could just get rolled over as easily. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just I think this is where this initial format's also going to screw them up, too, because I don't think Big T helped in that first daily. And that's that's an excuse they could say. But realistically, you don't want someone plotting against you day one, like with this master plan. I don't know. I, I, I just really feel like Big T felt like she had to do these things because she knew what her role was this season. What's difficult, too, is that 
you, you they didn't know how the second person would end up in elimination right. where people will just make the scared play of like what's the who's the easiest person to beat versus like you know if, if they all throw in kylan those guys don't want to face kylan in elimination they don't that is true i will retract what i said because you want to play the first one safe because they didn't know yeah we are probably going to get Berna or Kieran or Big T in elimination. That's the expectation. Big T is the one plotting. Berna is the one being a mess. And Kieran just has the target as the guy who stepped up and they didn't complete the daily challenge. They get inside the liberation. Uh, a lot of people are not talking well for themselves, but nobody takes the cake more than Jessica, who I don't think she was really on anyone's radar big time. But the way she just dug herself a grave by saying, well, you know, I'm not the strongest player. I'm not going to be the best at things. If I lose, I won't really care. I just want to, you know, maybe I'll give money to my mom. But I was going to donate money to charity. It was She's homeless. She's, and this is, this is not me hating on anyone homeless. Literally after she filmed Australia, like she was posting, I'm homeless. I need help. My finances are low. Like all these things. You need money. I don't think you came into a large sum of money in eight months since that show finished filming. And you're right. She wasn't on anyone's radar. Now, this could just be a product of good editing. But, like, I was going to donate to charity. This is not CBS. We don't glorify that. We we hate that. We want money-hungry people who are probably going to blow a little bit of it, but then also live a pretty glamorous lifestyle for a couple months before it runs out in the next season films. What? And the second anybody, I don't care who they are, I don't care if I go home. Okay, well, that's the easiest vote. Just so dumb. I, I will say Kieran was the perfect scapegoat, but I think he stood pretty firm in. I said that I would be good at this, and I did this, not really letting it be up for discussion. And then Jessica took it away for him. <laughs> it was an incredible performance by her. It, it truly was. Like, I've never – I might have to, like, dust off – my hands and like type of like a top 10 worst like deliberation moments ever because that was historic what she did like she put herself into elimination in that moment from like out of thin air i have so much more to say but we'll get to that with the elimination yeah they get to the arena uh tj makes them all vote all 24 of them in a line who's gonna go in uh berna had the first vote which i hope production set that up to make sure the most chaotic person voted yes. first uh she votes for jessica and then everyone just follows suits because they're like they're gonna do it even jessica votes for herself which is a smart move it is such a smart move because if she does make it back there's no target but i was so frustrated with tj being like i love a person like that wanting to take charge she was like the 17th person there was no there was no reconciling that at all of course one person does not vote for uh jessica it is horacio who was like, I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to vote for Big T, which is like, it's not really making a stand, in my opinion. I feel the same way. I actually think it's really dumb. And not that it's going to be negative for his game, but I feel like he he feels a little bit hurt by some of the boring comments from last year. So he's like, I'm going to make a stand. Well, production's pet number one. You don't make that stand against production pet number two. Well, maybe not production pet, casual favorite. Because I really am interested to see once people have like sat on the episode for a little bit, are they going to be mad at Horacio? How dare you? Big T didn't do anything to you. Or are they going to say, I don't know. I'm interested to see who the tide turns to. Because it made no sense. I, 
I thought it was just a dumb move, especially because like Big T is perceived to be physically weak in the house. And why would you like if you're going to make a stand, like why are you putting that vote on someone who's perceived as physically weak? If you're going to make that move, put it on like Emmanuel or Kyland or someone or like loser ass James, like put it on someone who, you know, you would actually face an elimination yourself probably like that to me is what would stand out of like, okay, like I'm calling my shot at this person. I'm taking a stand. If they want to take a shot back at me, come at me. But doing it at Big T doesn't really make sense. No. Yeah. He just looks like a big idiot, which I hate to say, but he gains nothing from that except for Big T being upset with him. Like him being the target next episode. Like Big T has people. They might not have all been loyal to her this episode, but like, Next episode. I don't know. And the worst part about it too is you know, you know that there's gonna be a lot of fans out there being like, Oh, look at badass Ferracio not being a sheep and not voting for Jessica. What a stand-up guy. What a what a maverick. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he make a statement about last season I had to go into all these eliminations? I'm not gonna let it be easy for anyone. Am I wrong in that? Yeah, he, he did say that. And I'm like, Big T, she's been on eliminations. Like, she's not won that many, but she has won several, actually. It just didn't make sense. One, but it was it was, it was was a solid one. It was a solid one win. Against Anissa? Yeah. Okay. She's been in a lot. Oh, yeah, because on Spaza's allies, she won. Or she lost twice. Got you. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's, she's got experience. She's yeah. won dailies. She's done stuff. Mm-hmm. Purple suit in this episode. Yeah. Loved it, actually, but yeah. Jessica gets to call an opponent for elimination. Big T, of course, gives her confessional. Oh, uh, time to pop the champagne. I'm not going into elimination. Let's all have a great day. Jessica calls her out because I think Jessica thinks that Big T is the only person she can beat up there. I actually feel like she should have chose Hohoi because they saw what the elimination was and it relied heavily on, like, upper body strength like Hohoi is in great shape but she seems like she's not like a muscular fit girl I think that Big T was a bad choice yeah I just don't think Jessica knew Hohoi's name I think that's what it came down to she's just like I want to pick her I just don't know her name I don't want to I don't want to embarrass myself I've been hearing people say Big T's name a lot I'm gonna say that one well and to be fair the same defense for Kieran for Jessica if she's like hey I want to stay here and make a name for myself Big T's a big name if I beat her but she, yeah, Jessica's just kind of dumb in this episode. And this is coming from somebody on Australia, obsessed. You can check my tweets. I've called her mother, and I don't use that term. I love Jessica, but shoot. There's there's just so much disappointment in Jessica's like, I'm the same way. I'm like, I was so excited to see her on the show, and it's just a bummer of what, of what came out of it. It was, yeah. The elimination begins, and, you know, nobody on the show is champions, but experience... I think shine bright because Jessica just was like scared. She was like not really in the elimination. Big T was just ready from the moment like it got going. And this elimination was like super duper simple. I think any anyone could literally do it. They had to just toss a bunch of little uh, panels, uh, tiles from the top from the top of a cage out of it. Um, and then once they get rid of all the tiles, they pull on a rope, grab a hammer, smash the glass from under them to win the elimination. It was. It was elimination built for anyone to win. Hey, and was there only one hammer? Like, did it have the potential to be like a tug of war type thing? 
I believe so, yeah. Yeah, that could have been cool if they would have been, you know, close. But yeah, Big T just... It was, well, yeah, it wasn't close because Jessica was just, I don't know, she was picking daisies and Big T was trying to win an elimination. And Big T, like, won it in dominant fashion. It's easily, it, it was the most comfortable Big T has ever looked competing on the show, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, TJ did say, Big T, you smoked it. No person here, man or woman, could have beat you. And I thought, well, maybe not. But she did have an impressive performance. I won't take that away from her. <laughs> You could just see some people's faces in the crowd, like, be like, yeah, and then, like, do the math in their head, like, I don't know, I think I could have won that one. <laughs> Corey Lay's like, I'm three times her size, and my arms are the size of her whole body. I think I could have beat her. I think he would have got, I think he would have caught, got caught up in the cage. It looked too, too, too big for the cage. Maybe. True. I will say, I think Harasa could have won with one hand, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. I actually had considered, because, I mean, well... I didn't think this would happen, but it would have been cool if, like, hold on, let me not say this if it's not true. Let me think out loud. I don't know how it would have felt if you would have said, Jessica, choose anyone, man or woman. It would have had been more equalized, but that could have made more sense with there just being one champ in the end. But I also do think that favors the men in a lot of these eliminations. So I get why it's not, but it plays more into why do we not have a male and female winner? We're just going to get one. <laughs> It's it just flies from the jump. Everything about this season, it just it's gonna be there's, great. There's good stuff. There's good, there's some good stuff here, but there's also some obvious just big time flaws. Big T wins the elimination, and it's it's a very it's a moment she should like hang her hat on because it was a very good win. Uh, big T's elimination history is like you know she's two and four now, but she lost to Emmy, who won a bunch of eliminations, and then she's lost to other challenge beasts like uh, Georgia. Uh, Amber B, who's a champion, and Amanda, who's basically a three-time champion. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Um, you know, so she has a good resume of losses and a win here. Uh, people are going to ride high on her coming out of this episode because Big T was so prominently featured. She had great confessionals. She won the elimination. At the same time, it's the unreliable narrator thing where she's put such a big target on her already. And yeah. I think she's... I think she messed up coming into this game. I think she... Did a little bit too much politicking, and now she's just going to be a target. And I actually feel like she would have been better off had Melissa not been there as well, because they're seen as an instant duo. The Ride or Die girls are seen as an instant five, but, like, that's pretty hard to break into. But a duo, you can crack pretty easily, and who's going to be the first person you pick, Melissa or Big T? It's probably going to be Big T. I, I just feel like she didn't think all these things through. I don't blame her for showing off, but good on her. She said in the in the episode zero she came for Melissa. We'll see. My favorite part of the elimination itself is seeing Melissa just be like the most proud momager ever. She was going yeah. absolutely insane. If I ever like, I want to be friends with Melissa just in case I ever get into a fight, and I just know like like she'll go crazy for me. Like she's just that is the that is the definition of a writer die. Like that's she goes she goes hard for her friends and allies. Yes, she does. And I, I liked it, too, because I, I fear she's going to be a bit boring after having a, a child, which I understand. But it was like a glimpse of that vendettas, her like jumping up and down. Like, I, I really I hope we see more of that side of her. There's an aspect to Melissa where, like, I don't think she's more boring after having a kid. I think she's actually like. She's she's been doing the mom life so much that her 
wild side needs to come out here a bit more. And I think so. I don't think it's going to be like other moms on the show. Yeah. I agree, actually. And we saw some previews that probably show us that's true. What else do we need to talk about from this episode? I think that's it. I will echo something you said earlier. My biggest fear at the end of this episode is they can't get it together to get more money because that's going to be pretty boring to see several episodes of them losing money. Uh, I think that set a bad tone for the first episode of like, hey, it's this new generation and you already lost. Like that's going to give people a reason to say like, well, you guys suck. I'm also scared that the women are going to be targeted really fast. And it was Narisa, I think, that was like, I do not want to see all men go to the final. That would be the worst thing to happen to the show. She's not wrong. I'm not saying it should be all women either, but like there's this imbalance that we also saw in USA 2 of it could be anybody. And I just don't like that. Let's actually let's talk about Norris and a few other people before we close out the episode because I want to mention them. I just feel like if we don't talk about them, it'll it'll be like a, a missed opportunity. Uh, Norris, I really like this episode. Uh, she has the charisma. She brought energy to the show. I think she was much more prominent in the launch episode zero. Like mm-hmm. she really is playing the game mentally. She's here to win, and I, I, I'm all in on Norris. Like I think her and her, Olivia had similar amounts of screen time this episode, but but Norris had a little bit more zest to her. Which yeah. like yeah. Nerese knows how to do reality TV. And it might not have been this episode as much as last, but I think we'll see more from her. That'll be fun. Uh I I think that she is smart. And I think Nelson not being there is a huge benefit for her game. One thousand percent. It the big difference between Olivia and Nerese right now is that Olivia is trying to play like the figurehead face of the show, and Nerese is trying to play to win. And she like her goal is to win and be the face by winning. Yeah, I think that's like a big difference between the two right now. Uh, we saw Corey Lay, I think, pretty prominently throughout this episode. Uh, he's a personality. Also, he just he can't stop himself from talking. Like there are moments in that deliberation where he definitely didn't even need to say anything. He's just interjecting himself, and I think that's the Corey Lay experience. And as someone who has vocally not been a huge fan of him, I enjoyed this because it's chaotic. But he also did show some intelligence in this episode, which I think he's very smart. Like, don't get me wrong. But when all the guys are in there, he's like, we don't need to all be in here talking out. It's going to be a girl. Like, let's pick and then go out there and make it not look so weird because then it's going to be a guy. He definitely thinks this through. He's a fan of the game, much like Norris is. Uh, so I feel like he's going to win me over a little bit this season. He's a definition of hit or miss with me sometimes. Like, sometimes I'm like, this is great reality TV. Other times I just roll my eyes and I'm like, just yeah just change the channel like let's move right. on um but like i the hit so many of these cast members are just completely missed i'll take the hit or miss element and sometimes the hit or miss element makes you a better reality tv character uh let's talk about asif your i mean your I guy just about to say i i feel like he's gonna get the like lovable dummy edit uh well he is the episode title was like whatever his botched phrase was today but I do like Asaf. I do feel like him being married to the kid now is not as fun as when he was on Total Madness and hooking up with Nani. So, and, you know, I'm happy he's married to the kid, but I think about this show in long term. Like, I don't want to see Asaf for the next three seasons and it'd be like, I'm married, I've got a baby. It just is not as fun as, hey, I'm going to hook up with Nani. We talked about this during our cast special. Like, these newer generation players who come in trying to win for their kids who aren't hooking up, 
I just I just do not care about it. I just don't care for their babies on the cover of like babies I do not care about. Like I just I like I care about CT winning because I've been watching him for 15, 20 years and now he's a dad. Like, oh great, you're winning for your kids. Same with Darrell. It's like, okay, like I care about these people because I've lived with them my whole life and it's like they they built something. I don't know these people. Like I don't I don't care about them like that. Controversial take. Even with Chauncey. I don't want to see him win. I want to see Amber win again. That'd be great. Would would actually love that. And I'm a staunch like uh, on her first win. I'm happy she did in retrospect. But like Chauncey winning doesn't do anything for me because he would be done with the show. And there's nothing else to it. And I don't even remember in this episode. Yeah, he talked a lot in this episode. I can't remember a thing he said. Yeah. I just I don't need him on my TV either. He's in the he's in the James Black category. Like I got, we got two Jameses on the season. I don't care about either of them. Get them, get them off my TV. Ed, actually, you got three. You got Ed too. Who he's like, he's like a Madagascar penguin, and like on the reality TV show, like you just, he says stuff, and it's like, okay, whatever. You're corny, you're funny, but it's like I'm just, I'm over the gimmick. Yeah, I feel like we didn't see a lot from Raven and Kyland, who are two people who have a lot of potential. So I'm hoping that we will get more from them in the episodes to come. I feel like we had a lot of like Raven, like two second confessionals, not like Vulcan, like her just commenting on seeing stuff that's happening in the episode, which I think is like when you're getting those confessionals, it's more of a good indicator that you're going to be a bigger character on the season. Like when stuff was happening, they would pan in on Kylan, not, not even talk, but like you would just you'd be seeing prominently. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else is on this season. Huey. I think Huey's going to just be Huey, which is fine. Um, I'm glad that it's not like a partner season because that was a big detriment to Ashley's game and then whoever else's game he was with. I think it was Emmy and then ended up being Berna. Like Berna lost because of him. So I'm glad that it's individual. He can be funny. He can be quirky, uh, but he's not going to win this show. No, no. He's he's fulfilling his role. He's like he's going to be funny for three to five episodes and then and then he'll go on his merry way. Uh, and I, I like I want to finish talking with Berna again. Like, we yeah. talk about her a lot, but it just, I, this is just, uh, Berna is great reality TV and that she's authentically messy, but I do want to note that she really does border the line of good reality TV and mentally they should not be on reality TV because she's really, like, there are moments where, like, it kind of gets a bit rough watching her. It, yeah, I think fragile is a good way to put it because... It's funny, but then as a viewer, you're like, should I be laughing at this? Like, she's actually going through this, and I don't think it's a language barrier. Well, I know it's not, because she sat with Colleen, and sure, they were speaking in English, but they're both from Germany. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think they are. And, like, she was still kind of losing it? I don't know. Great TV, but I'm with you. It's I need her to rein it in if it is a character, and if it's not a character, I need production to do their due diligence to make sure that she's okay. We, that we seems tab, like a yeah. yeah. That seems like a big thing for me to assert. So it's no hate there, but like I just don't want something like this to take such a huge toll on her, where she really has to like go to bed at 6 p.m. the first night moving in. We've had the Camilla situation before, and it's like I'm not comparing her to Camilla at all, but there's a precedent of like at a certain point mentally should not be on reality TV. She's not at that point yet, but. It's an important line you got to straddle because right now she's just great entertainment. I just don't want it to become a thing where I feel sad watching. 
Yeah, and I'm hope I'm hoping this is just her wanting to come in to make a presence to get, you know, vindicated after her loss last time. But yeah, we'll see what happens next week. All right, I think we're gonna sign off here. Challenge Battle for New Champion episode one recap done. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CF Confessionals. Subscribe here, uh, Caffeine Confessionals on Spotify, iTunes. Luke, where can they find you? Right here, baby. If you find my Twitter, good luck. It's Final Reckoning, but not spelled correctly, so you might see me. Follow me on Twitter at the Elena Geary. Everyone, have a nice day. <laughs>